today's message comes from the gospel according to John 15th chapter starting with the first verse that's the gospel according to John chapter 15 starting with the first verse and we are going to read all the way down to verse 8 hear you the word of the Lord when you have it please stand I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower he removes every branch in me that bears no fruit every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit you have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you abide in me as I abide in you just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch that withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you may bear much fruit and become my disciples. God's word for God's people, and God's people said amen. Amen. Uh, For the time that is ours to share together, I want to spend a little time talking about pruning for progress. Pruning for progress. Uh, When I think about the Gospel of John, I think about how John tells a story a little bit different than the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I think about sometimes why he tells the story a little different. His Gospel covers three years when Matthew, Mark, and Luke only cover one year. And he has some quotes from Jesus that aren't necessarily in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he has some deeds from Jesus that aren't necessarily in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But there are some things uh, that I think about. When I think about those differences, I think about why. Uh, One of the reasons why is John had a different relationship with Jesus than the others. Uh, When you read your Bible, you see that John, I mean, Jesus, sometimes he was with the multitude. And then other times he was with the disciples. And then other times, all 12 disciples, I mean. And then other times he was with Peter, James, and John. So John was a little bit closer to Jesus than some other people. And then the other reason I realized in preparing for this message, the other reason John has a different perspective is because John had a relationship with Jesus' mother. If you turn, if you get a chance to look at it in John chapter 19, verses 26 through 27, when Jesus is on the cross, it says, Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took him, took her to his own home. So after Christ was crucified, John had an opportunity to spend some time with Jesus' mother. And I can imagine in that time he got some stories that only a mother could tell. He got some some opportunities to bond with them like no other. And there is something special about a mother's love. Mothers are, are formative and necessary through our development. There are a lot of things you look to from a mother. That's how you learn that's how you, that, that's, that's your first teacher. Everything you learn is from watching the mother. There's that bond that is there. And this text 
made me think about my own mother as well. Uh, at my mom's house, there is an orange tree in the backyard. That orange tree is pretty popular. People come by all the time to pull some oranges off of that orange tree. It produces good fruit. I'm a fan of oranges, and I'm a fan of that orange tree. But one time, I went to my mom's house a few years back, and I noticed something was wrong with the orange tree. Our gardener, or well, because it's my, I say our because he cuts my mom's yard, takes care of that lawn, and when I moved out, I, I had Jose come by my house too. So it's our gardener. Okay. Our gardener did something to the tree, and I wasn't quite understanding what was going on. I'm not much of a gardener myself. I probably haven't cut grass or even messed with a plant in about 15, 16 years. But I know when I see half of a tree gone and half of this tree was gone, it looked like it had been stripped. And I was a little upset. What has Jose done to my orange, I mean, my mom's orange tree? What I did not understand at the time is that Jose had started a process on the tree. It was a process called pruning. And it's the same kind of pruning that Jesus is talking about in the text. First point of the three-point sermon is uh, symbols. Let the church say symbols. In this passage of text, the son is the true vine. The father is the gardener or the vine grower, depending on what translation you use. And the people of God are the branches. The son is the true vine. The father is the gardener and the people of God are the branches. Let's let's look at the vine. The son is the true vine. Vines grow upward and they climb. But in order to grow upward, they have to depend upon a support system. They need a rock or a post or a wall or something to go up in order to climb upwards. Vines interact with their surroundings. Uh, Vines are important to the people of Israel. Uh, Vines are important to the people of Israel because they can grow in dry climates or arid climates, the desert. They are able, you are uh, are able to, to in bad climates, plant uh, plants that grow on vines, places that don't have much water. In Genesis 9, after the flood subsided, the first thing Noah did was plant a vineyard. Uh, after the flood society, Leviticus 19.10 and Deuteronomy 24.12 tell us that widows and orphans were allowed to come to the vineyards and pick up what was left off because widows and orphans couldn't necessarily provide for themselves because only men were allowed to work, but they were allowed to go to the vineyard to pick up spare fruit. Uh, It was bad for a family to lose its vineyard. Vineyards were so important that in Deuteronomy 20, when it was time to decide whether or not to go to war or whether or not to tend to your vineyard, God said, tend to your vineyard. Vineyards were uh, uh, an inheritance. They were an opportunity for families to come together because you had a whole lot of vines to pick in a vineyard, so you needed an entire family to work the job. Vines were important. It's how the family bonded. And when the prophets were talking about what God was doing, they would use images of a vine. Uh, when they wanted to pay, paint a picture of religious confusion or government or military war, they would talk about a vine without the fruit. 
when they wanted to talk about uh, fullness, they used the other side because a vine was also a metaphor for peace. Vines were important. Psalm 80 and 8 says, you brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. Then Jeremiah 2.21 says, you, yeah, I, yet I planted a noble vine, a seed of the highest quality. How then have you turned before me into a degenerate plant and of an alien vine? God was basically saying, I gave you something good. Why would you use something else? And Ezekiel 17, 6 through 8 says, And it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature. Its branches turned toward him, but the roots were under it. So it became a vine, brought forth branches and put forth shoots. But there was another great eagle with large wings and many feathers. And behold, the vine bent its roots towards him and stretched its branches towards him from the garden terrace which it had planted, that he might water it. It was planted in good soil by many waters to bring forth branches, bear fruit, and become a majestic vine. Vines are important to the people of God. Israel, in, in Hosea 10.1 it says, Israel empties his vine. It brings forth fruit for himself according to the multitude of the fruit that he has increased at the altars. According to the bounty of his land, they have embellished his sacred pillars. Vines are important for imagery. Vines are important to the people of God. With this kind of importance and symbolism used with vines all over the Bible, I can see why Jesus said he is the true vine. Because he is all of that to the people of God. He is all of that to the people of God in the Bible, and he's all of that to the people of God today. Jesus is our resources in a dry climate. Jesus is our inheritance. Jesus is the reason that people come together. Jesus is more important than war, socioeconomic positions, political arguments, racism. Jesus is more important than all of that. Jesus came to be all of that for us and then some. If we could just spend a little more time focusing on Jesus, a lot more things will go better for us. Jesus is the true vine. And so Jesus is the vine and the father is the gardener or the vine grower, as the text says. A gardener cares for his crops. To be a gardener, you have to have an eye for detail. You have to know how to deal with different types of environments, know how to grow, what plants grow in what kind of soil and what plants don't grow in this kind of soil. You have to know when to water, when to feed, how to keep pests away from your crops. Gardening is a long-term planning job. Nothing happens immediately when you garden. You don't put a seed in the ground and tomorrow get a whole garden full of crops. It takes time. It takes patience. The gardener also has to have the right tools for the job. During the biblical times, uh, the vine growers would use a tool that was called a pruning hook. Isaiah talks about it in in Isaiah 18.5. It's a stick with a curved metal piece at the end that was sharpened like a metal hook. They would use this uh, pruning hook to cut away the branches that needed to be cut away. They'd also use it to gather up the fruit when it was time to harvest. But these pruning hooks were made out of spears. So someone would use a spear, make it, bend it around in peacetime, and then use it for food. That's just like our God. You got, Joel 10 lets us know that uh, when he says it's time to beat your pruning hooks back into spears, it's time for war. And that's just like our God, having tools to provide for us in peacetime, but also 
have tools for battle. We serve a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers, a God who is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. Rather, He knows the number of heads on your hair. He sits high and looks low. He speaks and worlds are formed. God was there from the beginning. God is the most qualified to be the gardener. So the son is the true vine, and the father is the gardener, and the believers are the branches. Branches are extensions of a plant. Uh, I think about trees when I think about branches being the extension of the plant. And a branch's responsibility is through uh, eighth grade biology word that I learned, photosynthesis. The process of taking in the air and the water and the nutrients and converting it into food for the plant or or the tree. And they take it, they get it on the branch and the leaves and bring it back to the base. That is their job. In order to do their job effectively, the branch must be in constant communication with the tree. They are an extension of the plant and are constantly sending things back and forth. We as branches of the true vine are extensions or representatives of Jesus. We need to stay in constant communication with the true vine and bring our worship back to him, bring our prayers back to him, bring our concerns back to him and wait for him to send something back. It's constant communication. The Bible says I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Constant communication. The Bible says let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Let's take a breath check right quick. (sighs) You got breath? You need to praise the Lord. You ought to constantly be sending praise and worship back to God because that is our purpose. We are the branches. So those are the symbols of the text. So we move on to the steps of the text. Let the church say steps. We must submit to pruning by the Father. Uh, Pruning gives plants the right shape so that they can get more light and more air and more water in them. Non-productive crops uh, and branches are burned. Why? Because you've got to make room for more productive things. If the branch is not performing, it needs to be cut off. Yeah. Also, they burn it to keep these things, burnt. crop burning, I've learned, is a war tactic as well because you don't want your crops getting into enemy hands. So things that can't be used, you burn because you don't want it to be used against you later. And you also clear out competing competition for resources. Pruning means that you have to cut away anything that hinders uh, the vine from getting nutrients. Anything that can block the light. Anything that won't move you forward in Christ Jesus needs to be cut off it needs to be pruned and we must abide in the sun after we submit to the pruning some translations say remain in me as I remain in you and others say stay in me as I stay in you it's a mutual indwelling to abide talks about a five dollar Greek word called perichoresis which literally means in the Greek to make room for 
to go forward, to contain. In the Latin root word, it means to go around, to go to, uh, to, go to, to step, or to approach. We need to constantly be moving towards Jesus. And when we get there, we need to stay there in rotation. This reminds me of uh, some radio stations I listen to. Uh, when there is a popular song on a radio station, that radio station will play that song up to 40 times a day. I, I, I know this because one of my first jobs in Texas while still in school, I worked in the file room at Aetna Healthcare. And so what I would do is I would look over the files, make sure all the numbers were right one last time, then box the files up and put them in the file room. And then every year I would then take all of those files out of there, put them in another set of boxes outside of the file room so they could be taken off to permanent storage. This was not a very hard job, so I would wear a Walkman uh, MP3 player for those who might not know what a Walkman is, and I would listen to the radio all day. And I got to learn it did not matter the type of station, if it, they played hip-hop, if they played classic R&B, if they played current R&B, if they played pop. They all took, they had a set list of songs, and they would play that song in rotation 40 times a day, which meant you heard the song at least twice an hour. They played these songs in rotation almost as if they were inseparably linked to these songs and could not play another song until they got permission from somebody called the program director because the program director would give them approved list of songs to play and that's what they would play all the time. If only we could think about Jesus the same way. If only we could put multiple prayer in rotation multiple times a day. If only we could put scriptures in rotation multiple times a day. We as Christians are inseparably linked to Christ Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but the Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not our life to live. We are but branches of the true vine. No branch can break off of a vine and say, I'm going to roll by myself for a little bit. It's been good, Mr. Tree, but uh, I think I'm going to try this out on my own. That's not how those things work. You can't work without the branch. The branch can't work without the tree. We must abide in Jesus as he abides in us in constant rotation and a constant moving forward, a constant moving towards. And so we have the symbols and we have the steps. And last point, we have the success. Let the church say success. success. Pruning results in a bountiful fruit. Later on, that orange tree that I thought had been hacked for no good reason, the next year it produced more oranges than I had ever seen on that tree before. And it had more branches. And it had more leaves. So the things... The process may have looked bad in the beginning, but it turned out to be good. And it turned out better than anybody else could have known except the gardener. The gardener had a plan, and the gardener executed the plan, and it worked out for the good. Now, I'm not talking about Jose right now when I say that the gardener executed the plan. I'm talking about the Lord. For the, the situation may start off bad, but if you trust God and you follow God's plan, it will be for your good. And we know 
that all things work together for the good of them that love God, who them that are called according to his purpose. Some of the friends you thought were supposed to be part of your forest might need to be pruned. Some of those things that you might like to do might need to be pruned. Some of those people that you hang around on your job might need to be pruned. Some of those people you go to school with might need to be pruned. But once you get them away, the will of God will work it for your good. It's something that the Bible says which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things, the deep things of God. We do this for God's glory. We do this because God sent his son to die for us. We do this because God sacrificed his life for us. He did not, God's son sacrificed his life for us. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Carried that old rugged cross that was too heavy for us to carry. But Jesus was able to carry it to Calvary. To Golgotha, the place of the skull. And he took your sins and my sins and put them on the cross for us. And he died for us. It should have been us, but he took our place. And early, three days later, he got up with all power in his hand so that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.